He's paying that cat lots of money. He's paying CM Punk a fortune. And CM Punk is cutting his balls off. Not only in front of everybody else in the, 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 the roster, the executive team, the production team. Oh, by the way, his business partners, you know, like Warner Discovery, potential advertisers, potential sponsors, maybe even, if need be, a potential network to sell their show to should something go wrong with the Warner Discovery merger. For what reason? If there was money in it, if it was part of a story, and everybody I just mentioned, including TV partners, are on board and understand what you're doing, have at it, man. It could work. I'll be your biggest fan. I'll support taking a risk like that. Because you have to take big risks to, 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 to gain big rewards. You just do. And not all of them work out, but you got to try. And if that's what they're doing, hats off if everybody's on board. But if not, and, and, and Punk is just venting his spleen, spreading the heat around the entire roster instead of focusing on his opponent, which is business, whew, man, I feel bad for Tony. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. I knew it. I love when he does that. Well, once you hit rock bottom, the only way to go is up. So, so good luck. Okay, good luck. You say rock bottom, but like, it just seems like things keep getting worse. What What is rock bottom? Who decides what's the bottom of all this? I mean, seriously, you go, okay, today is Friday, and I woke up in Cleveland, and I'm going, how much worse can it get? Don't me down, you piece of shit! Shut your mouth! Look at me, Tony! Look at me! I want you to fire me! You fucking mark! Fire me! Fire me! How you think they gonna feel when they introduce your boys as the new... WWE, Undisputed, Tag Team, Champion. I don't know who's, they might be cheering. Yeah. They might be booing. Yeah. Little kids might be crying. Oh, yeah. We got grown men out there crying. Yeah. But they still might be hating on the Uso. Hating on us. Why? Because we went out there and did what we said we was going to do. Buffalo, all your babbling is interfering with my machine. So, for the next few minutes, please just do me a favor and kindly...
Greetings, everybody. How's it going, everybody? It's episode 326 of the podcast. Who knows? Maybe by the end of this week, this may be our last episode (laughs) of the podcast. You never know. (laughs) Um, Knock on wood, that's not. But um, welcome to the program, everybody. I uh, want to give a shout out to all the good brothers and good sisters who take the time to listen to the podcast each and every single week. It is just truly the nefarious brother, Adam, a.k.a. Josh Lopez. You can follow me at Twitter at the Hoots Podcast. Man, it's great to say that again. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I am joined by the Director of Operations. You can follow him at Twitter at Derek Stoughton. Make sure to make your way out to DerekStoughton.com to support his musical adventures. The one and only Brother Carter is in the house. What's going on, my man? What's happening, Josh? What's happening, everybody? Glad to be able to do this show live with you. I, I wasn't going to – I thought about being via satellite this week because I have a busy week and a lot going on. But with everything going on in the world of professional wrestling, particularly all elite wrestling, I couldn't miss this for a moment. Josh, I have a feeling – that this is going to be the best edition of what the hell is wrong with AEW ever done. I also think that in the three, well, just over two years we've been doing this segment, we are about to be proven right on everything that we've said for the last two years. Uh, And once again, All Elite Wrestling has just made us look like geniuses. So, (laughs) but there was also some really great things that happened this week too with Clash at the Castle and, and uh and and raw which we'll get into a little bit but i can't wait i can't wait man also we're recording this on a thursday tonight is the official start of the 2022 nfl season and um should be a great season um we've got some new contenders coming up uh i'm sure we'll get some questions about that but uh it's a great day can't wait to get started let's get going and with that uh for brett carter uh i figured it'd be cool in between this uh Next segment, we'll sprinkle in some football thoughts as well for the season. So we'll do that. All right. Um, as we are recording this live, you can see this live on our YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast, anywhere you get a podcast, and especially this uh, channel. Today, we surpassed 200 subscribers on our YouTube page. So I just want to give a shout out to you guys. I saw that this morning. I thought that was uh, pretty cool to see. I want to give a shout out to my guy, uh, Steve Muehlhausen, who came on to record a special uh, interview with me today. He's a, a combat sports reporter from The Zone, and he was at the media scrub this past Sunday night for All Out. And uh, Steve's a mentor of mine. He got me my start with making transcripts back in 2014. And there's so much ties between myself and Steve and CM Punk because I've, like, for those who don't know, the first night that I was covering a wrestling show for the first time, CM Punk uh, quit WWE. So a lot of this is kind of a full circle kind of feeling for me today. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little later on. But my friend, it's time for the Back Porch Q&A session. Oh, I love the Back Porch q and <laughs> uh, We got questions this week from Mike at Mike Rubio. He makes his return this week to, to the questions. And, of course... The good brother himself, Chris Saletta, as we usually start with every single week. You can follow Chris, if you'd like, at Twitter at XTeenZaletta24X. Let's start us off hot with the game that everybody's talking about for tonight as recorded on a Thursday. Who wins this shootout between the Buffalo Bills and the Los Angeles Rams? I've got the Bills, Josh. I think that um, 
I still think that the Bills are going to come out and be playing for a Super Bowl this year. Um, I, I think we talked about that. I think we said it was Bills Bucks, I think was our pre- prediction yeah. uh, for the Super Bowl. So I think the Bills are going to be great. I think that the Rams are underrated right now. I think a lot of people are I'm just writing them off as, you know, because Stafford's supposedly hurt um, with OBJ gone, you know, that they're just uh, – Von Miller's gone. So, you know, wait yeah. Yeah, so I think that the people are writing off the Rams, but the Bills are going to win this game, but watch out for the Rams this season. I think they're going to be better than people think. The only thing I don't like about the Los Angeles Rams besides Jalen Ramsey are those ugly-ass uniforms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> the stadium is beautiful. It's almost as good as Waterfall. You know, <laughs> SoFi is a national treasure. Mm-hmm. Um, but – for my uh, pick for this game, I am going with the Rams tonight, actually. Um, I won't say too much of press clippings could get in the way of the Bills, but I think it would be a close competitive game. I just see a little bit too much pressure from the Rams front seven getting in the way of the uh, Bills' offensive line. And football, my friends, are one in the trenches. <laughs> and um, it, it should be an interesting game. Um, obviously, this game will not dictate how their seasons will go. Um, they'll they'll be overreactions. Uh, one thing I've noticed when it comes to like these Thursday night reveals, whether it's like uh the draft or something like tonight, the only thing missing tonight is having Roger Goodell uh do something so you can get booed out of the building. That's the only thing missing for tonight. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> always one of the best moments in sports every year is the beginning of the draft and Goodell gets booed. It's great. <laughs> they even booed him during the virtual draft in 2020, which was I should mention uh, Von Miller is with the Bills now. So I think that's going to give them a little bit more of an edge tonight, too. Uh, I know he was saying something, but anyways, it's going to be a good game. I can't wait. Yes, uh, how long, how long do the Drills titles and the ROH six-man taxi titles get unified? I think you know the point I'm trying to make here. Um, <laughs> uh, it's funny. I mean, for a company that's only been around for three years, we've already had an undisputed champion, right? We've had not multiple interim championships on the line. We have a title that's not officially recognized by AW, the FTW championship. We've had appearances from Impact titles, New Japan titles, AAA titles, everything in between. Point blank, my friend Chris and everybody that's watching and listening, who gives a shit? I, I just, <laughs> <at this point. laughs> well, who gives a shit? And AEW doesn't even give a shit because they they have no idea what they're doing with their booking or their champions. I'm surprised they even know who the champions of their company are. For the company that was going to write all the ills in WWE, they've just shown that wins and losses don't matter there either. <laughs> Let's just keep it 100. Uh, I, don't even, I don't even know if the six-man titles are still a thing. Right, is Ring of Honor going to do another pay-per-view this year? Final battle probably is probably the last one they'll do this year. But it's so if insignificant at this point. Unifying them is not going to make any difference because it's still the same people fighting the same people. And then where, where's the power rankings for the the trio styles? Where, where's the power rankings for the fucking TBS Women's Championship? That that's never been acknowledged either. So 
it, it's a it's a clusterfuck. We'll get to that stuff later on. I will say though, and I don't know if we'll get to talk about this in our segment. I will say there is a very intriguing ROH championship match tomorrow night on Rampage. I am actually I will actually tune into that one because that could be good. Sometimes a blind squirrel finds a nut. That's true. That's true. <laughs> All right, next question. Uh, will WWE do a yearly show in Wales going forward? I don't know if specifically Wales, but I would think coming out of this year and hopefully nothing bad comes with another pandemic or something like that. I do would like to think, especially with the expansion of NXT Europe, that they'll do at least maybe one pay-per-view a year. Now, if it, if it comes something like it's like Super Showdown that they had in Australia a few years ago or something resembling Crown Jewel in uh, London, I'm fine with that being a show because I feel like the UK crowds do deserve pay-per-views every year. And the Cardiff crowd was absolutely amazing. Uh, we'll get into Class of the Castle a little bit. But, um, yeah, I would I, I would like to think so, that maybe they have one pay-per-view a year out of Europe, regardless of where it's at. Yeah, I agree with you, Josh. The problem is they just have to be very careful with their scheduling because they can't schedule it around major football, uh, major soccer events over there or here in the United States competing with college football on Saturdays and NFL on Sundays. So they just have to be very careful about when they schedule that. But I, I mean, that crowd was unbelievable. And um, the energy in the building over there was great. Yeah, and I agree with you, especially with NXT Europe getting going, you could have events, you know, you could tie it in easily, like have something in Italy or, or in Cardiff or in, you know, wherever they want to go. But I, I think I would think that's a great idea. Yes, sir. Next question. Your favorite match from Worlds Collide, Clash, and All Act. Uh, oh, yeah. You saw, I don't think you saw the NXT show, right? I saw, I, I didn't, I, I put it on a little bit, so I'll get your, I'll defer to you on that one. Um, mm-hmm. My favorite matches from the main two show, from the other two shows, um, was Gunther and Sheamus yeah. at, at um, Clash of the Castle. And then I can't believe I'm saying this, and we'll get into this. Um, but my favorite match from All Out was the Acclaimed versus uh, Swerve and Swerve and Our Glory, and we'll yeah. get into that in just a little bit. But um, those were my two favorite matches from the two shows that I saw. Um, for me, my favorite matches. So I agree with Brett Carter, uh, Gunther, and Sheamus uh, is one A. But also, I could go with Roman and um, Drew McIntyre if I wanted to come with a different pick. Two bar burner matches. Uh, if you haven't seen those matches, go your way to check it out. Um, different types of stories and just an awesome atmosphere for both matches. Uh, Worlds Collide, for me, my favorite match was uh, Braun Breaker and Tyler Bate as the main event. Um, some people got to put some respect on Braun Breaker's name. I, I, some people are like, that's, I hate this like hate watching shit. It's like, Oh, if you're not indie and you start seeing certain guys from NXT get more opportunities than indie guys, that everybody's like, nah, 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 nah. I did this crap with Baron Corbin, and we could come up with et cetera, et cetera, ex- examples. But for here, I think Brock Breaker's good. <laughs> and I, I think what, what would this say for him just to lose a title off like that when Tyler Bate was barely even on the weekly U.S. shows? I, I love the guy, don't get me wrong, but. Um, I, him losing the Braun Breaker is not a bad thing. Uh, all right, and then all out, my favorite uh, match from that show. There's not a lot of them, but um, <laughs> uh, it was um, FTR and Warlow against um, the Machine Guns and Jay Lethal. That was my favorite match. 
That was how, good- erotic, how erotic, bro. Car something revolving another company was my favorite match from All Out. <laughs> how about that? Uh, by the way, here's the hot take. I I, I wanted to say this for uh, what the hell's wrong with AW, but we're gonna do it here. Uh, we could give the Booker of the Year award to Scott Demore at Impact Wrestling this year. <laughs> mm. We'll do that. <laughs> wow, interesting. We'll have to see what the Seltzer and Alvarez and their fake awards that seem to have a lot of meaning actually happens, but I digress. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's get to the next one here. Will Broadbreaker be on the main roster once we get to the World Rumble? Uh, really quick for me, that would be a, a no. I think no as well. Uh, his time will come too, but there's still a lot of time for them, him especially to establish himself. Let's not forget, next week on Tuesday is the one-year anniversary of the 2.0 concept. I don't think they're going to jet him off to Raw SmackDown right off the gates like that. I, I could see him being a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble. I think that'd be okay. Being in a Rumble, but I don't see him being as part of... Yeah, no. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. I actually, Josh, would like to see a feud with him and Tyler Bate. I think that could be... That was my... I, I did get to see that match, and I just... I wish that match would have been longer. So I actually wouldn't mind to see a feud between uh, Bate and Breaker. I think that could be really cool. Tyler, Tyler, Tyler Bate, Tyler Bate. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. Last question here from Chris. He says, who should be in the top five favorites to win the Royal Rumble uh, in 2023? We know two with Cody Rhodes and Kevin Owens. Um, for those who don't know, and much to my chagrin, the Royal Rumble is back in the Alamo Dome this year uh, in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, I say much to my chagrin because it's it's... It ties it so well with the theme of our episode this week, but there's no reason why Chicago has yet to have a Royal Rumble event. Not one. <laughs> and it, it's, I know why we can't do it because the whole time show will be, see ya, bunk, see ya, bunk. Oh, <laughs> you know, not anymore. <laughs> I, I say, this, you might get a Royal Rumble now based upon yeah. what happened this week, but we'll get into that. But, yeah, but uh, really quick for you, uh, who else would he be on your list if you had to pick five guys to win a Rumble match? That's hard because I just can't see anybody uh, except Cody. Maybe KO. I, I mean, it's easy to pick some of the favorites, people like Seth Rollins. Um, gosh, I don't know. I, maybe Austin Theory just because of um, what WWE is doing with him. The other one I'll say is maybe Matt Riddle. I'll, I'll say those are my ones because, you know, Matt Riddle seems to be doing a lot. So, but I, 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 I can't see anybody else but Cody winning this thing if he's back in time. Yeah. Cody's pick, and I, I wouldn't have any issues with that. Um, I, part of me is kind of concerned that people are going to be fickle with him when he comes back because he's been on TV so long. But I certainly hope not with the way he performed and the hell and the cell and everything that was going in between. But, with this new regime with Triple H and Kevin Owens getting steam and other guys in the roster getting started getting steam, you're going to start noticing fans be like, oh, why is Kevin Owens getting a shot? Oh, you're just doing it for Cody. And I I don't want that to happen for him, but I know this fan base too much to know that they will be fickle towards Cody once he comes back. I just know it. 
There's one other person, Josh, that I think it won't happen, but I would see going for a run is Karrion Cross. It's not bad. If they split both titles, I think he'd be a good option to um, win the Rumble match. I want to see how that goes. I, I, I'm kind of curious with this, for, for, for at least for me, because the location of whenever they do the day one pay-per-view uh, next year, I don't know if it's in Atlanta again. I, I'll have to look into that. But if it's not in Atlanta and they do it in L.A., that would be your indicator that The Rock is going to be at WrestleMania this year. If they do uh, – go ahead. I just, I just looked it up. It will be held at the State Farm Arena in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. Never mind. So, okay, we'll have Cody make appearance at day one. And then, okay, never mind. I, I was going to say, if they did L.A. In, um, for day one, um, I would have a feeling that Roman would lose the title at that show and go from there. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to see how it goes. Maybe The Rock doesn't fight. Uh, Roman Reigns, and and if Cody's the one to dethrone the Tribal Chief, I would not have a problem with that. So, um, for me, if I had to pick Brother Carter, I'll, I have Cody. Obviously, I got KO. I have Seth Rollins for three. Mm-hmm. Um, Carrying Cross for, and however this goes for him at five, I'll go with uh, Drew McIntyre. Oh, good we'll choice. See how, how he fits into the scenario. Because I thought it'd be a cool idea if you do split the titles, like having Drew McIntyre against Cody Rhodes would be uh, very interesting uh, for a world title match. And then you figure out the other way for the, uh, the other brand. But yeah, a lot of options. And that's kind of the cool thing. Looking forward to the rest of the year with WWE. We really don't know what's going to happen. So, all right. Thank you, Chris, for the questions this week. Always appreciate you. Uh, let's get to uh, Mike Rubio. Make sure you follow him at Twitter at Main Event Swerve. Uh, another good brother down there in Texas. He'll be excited about the Rumble being there. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Yeah, that'll be. Yeah, Mike, if you end up going, send us some send us some thoughts. <laughs> uh, hey, Hoots, I totally missed out on the opportunity last week, but here's some questions for you guys this week. I am. He puts in capital letters. Really looking forward to these answers, maybe like never before. Uh, Mike says here, first question, are you tired of CM Punk and the complaining slash malcontent stuff? He's your guy referring to me, but still. Uh, Mike, I'm going to refrain my answer for what the hell is wrong with AW, but Mark Carter, the floor is yours. I am going to wait also because I think we need to get into that and what the hell is wrong with AEW. Uh, my my feelings about CM Punk have been well documented on this show. Let's just save it for what the hell is wrong with every AEW. But I promise, Mike, we will get to that. Don't you worry. It is a good discussion point in that segment, so we'll we'll do that for you for sure. Um, all right, how about this one? Uh, would you ever consider going to Mars to live for a year if it was safe and there was some form of entertainment up there? <laughs> oh, that's kind of a. It's kind of an out there question. If I had it's to draw a card. <laughs> um, now what, what's kind of entertainment's up there? Is yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's, is, what, it yeah, waterfall, is, it? is it waterfall entertainment? Is it music? Like, what what does what does this look like? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Is it? Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I, do you live in a dome? Like, does what happens with oxygen? I, I don't know. Um, probably <laughs> not. But that's just me. Do you, do you have a slap bet like Barney and Marshall? No, I do not. 
slapped, you know, knocked yeah, off. Slapping our freaking helmets on or something. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I don't know what I would do in space. <laughs> to be honest with you, uh, I'm probably the wrong person to do this because I don't get high or anything like that. So my mind doesn't like wander in those types. <laughs> <of things. laughs> not not judging anybody that does. That's that's your prerogative. Um, but uh, I, I'll just say um, for me. If it was something where you could like put on a concert anywhere in space, maybe I would do it. You know, why not? That'd be cool. <laughs> why not? Uh, all right, next question. Uh, what's the best remedy for coming down with some sickness? Feeling like a day or two before before you might have a cold or respiratory infection. You know, for me, it's just knowing that it's coming and trying to prepare for it by getting some stuff at at the drugstore or at or at. Uh you know, your local grocery store, um, trying to rest, trying to get some sleep. Yeah. Uh, I think is always good. I, if you get sick, you get sick, your body just has to deal with it and then come through on the other side. So just trying to prepare for it. If you know, it's coming is really the best thing. Um, yeah, I'm usually ahead of the game when it comes to stuff and I rarely get sick. So when it does hit me, it just hits me hard, but I always start off and mostly rely on this agua. Yeah. High quality h two. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Adam. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah I, water is very important, especially when it comes to like colds and whatever type of illness it is. But uh, hopefully it's nothing serious, or especially like those who have had to deal with COVID. Mm-hmm. I have, unfortunately, I know some have, but um, when it comes to these situations, uh, you don't have the right answers. But I know the quickest way to start simmering down how you feel with inside is uh, – showers and water <laughs> yeah maybe some chicken noodle soup that's got some good stuff in there for you but um yeah i, I you said it very well brother adam well done thank you all right next one um <laughs> how weird was the ending serenade to clash to the castle is that some european custom i haven't seen i i didn't think it was weird look there are odd seas you have that house show element now, did they have to show the scene part of it after Drew lost? No, but I didn't think it took away from anything. And if you guys know about Tyson Fury's story, um, he is known for singing after his uh, fights are over, when he wins and stuff like that. So that didn't bother me, and I didn't think it was a bad thing either because the crowd was still reacting to it. If it was just sheer silence and nobody knew what to do, I mean, sure, that could come off weird, but it's a house show. It's an international show. The fans are there to have a good time. You don't, you don't want them to be all moody and depressed because their guy lost and walk out of the building, you know? So I, it didn't really bother me. Was it weird to you? No, I mean, it was I, it was unexpected. So I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. You know, it's it's different. And a lot of people, of course, because the it's wrestling Twitter. Oh, my God, this is terrible. Why did they do that? Oh, this is lame, blah, 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 blah. It was a fun moment for the crowd over there. Like, fine in whatever. Like, it was. I. I. It didn't bother me at all. I thought it was. Again, it was, it was just more unexpected than anything. Number six on his list here. He says, "If you could only pick one, where would you rather see Pat McAfee, SmackDown, or College Game Day?" I think this one's going to be interesting. <laughs> well, I mean, ideally, I'd like to see him do both, but uh, because. You know, as a big, I am a big college football fan, and so Pat McAfee is going to add a great deal to those antics on College Game Day. 
I will say, I think overall he does more for the WWE product than he will college game day. But, um, but McAfee is like, as you know, anything he does is complete gold. So he's going to have these incredible, incredibly hilarious antics on, on college game. day, And I, and I think they need something um, because, and you know, God love Lee Corso. He's awesome. But you can tell each year he's struggling a little bit more. Like his mind is there, but just words coming out just because of his health. And that's no, like he's 80 something years old, you know, and he's had a stroke and, and, you know, he's still a brilliant football mind, but I think, um, but I think college game day realized they needed to do something to try to help the overall energy of the, if, with the show. If Lee Corson struggling with his words a little bit, but, but, but I think he brings overall more to the WWE product than he will to the college game day product, but it'll still be great to see him on college game day every week. And once college football is over, he can just go right back to WWE. Correct. Um, I got questions for you <laughs> for myself. Uh, do you, did you happen to see uh, one of Pat's producers do a bit on Lou Holtz? Uh, no. You want to hear some of this? Sure. All right. Let me play it for you. I'm just reading this headline here that was written on this piece of paper by mm-hmm. Boston Connor this morning. Mm-hmm. Lou Holtz sent Brian Kelly several letters mm-hmm. over his Notre Dame tenure to no response. Yep. I, this must have slipped through the cracks in the group text. Sports Illustrated is reporting. While talking to reporters this past week, Lou Holtz shared that while Brian Kelly was at the helm, he wrote him several letters over his tenure as coach. Unfortunately, Holtz said he never got a response. So... Um, <laughs> Uh, um, um, obviously we gotta well, go. Well, well, <laughs> Looks like I wasn't fibbing when I said that Brian Kelly was a big old piece of shit. You write this guy letters, you try to tell him hey, this is exactly what you need to do if you want to be a successful coach at Notre Dame. Okay, you didn't fucking respond to me once. You know how long it takes me to write these goddamn handwritten letters? I'm not typing them on the Macintosh. I'm not typing them on the Dell. I'm dipping my ink in the quill, and I'm writing these handwritten letters. And what does he do? He says, hey, you know what, Lou? I won't write you a letter, but I'll send some kid into a cherry picker with 85-mile-an-hour winds, and I'll kill him. And then guess what? I still won't write you a letter back. He can apologize, but it doesn't matter because local times in the right spot. We got Marcus Freeman with 17 point underdogs at Ohio State. And I wouldn't be surprised if Brian Kelly gets run out of LSU because before too long, the boosters down there are going to find out what I found out. And that's it. He's a big old steaming bag of shit. (laughs) Wow. Um, Shout well, out what it only Tyson it for that. <laughs> there's a lot of to dissect there. Um and I, I won't that Lou Holtz impression was pretty good. I mean, God, and Lou Holtz has got some speech impediment too, so that kind of sucks. But that Lou Holtz impression was pretty good. Also, I tweeted out about this because uh the the LSU FSU football game was going on during all out. And so I tweeted out about this. It was a great game. Yeah, LSU paid $100 million for Brian Kelly to lose like that. He going to have some splaining to do to some of those boosters. But, yes, the Brian, Ke- the Brian Kelly era at LSU, <coughs> not off to a good start. And I have a feeling it's not going to get much better. Not, not a good first impression, right? <laughs> no. And the way he deals with the media and the way that he deals with – oh, yeah, his, his – uh, yeah, it's – the Brian Kelly era in LSU will be over before 
too long, but it is. You know, Mike, I'll say for me, SmackDown would be SmackDown would be the pick for me. Um, him and the energy with him and Mike and Cole is just top notch, and you can't replace that. Uh, I would like to hope that maybe Nigel McGinnis will get to call shows now with Mike Cole. I think that'd be great. Uh, but whenever Pat does come back, it'll be a good time. So um, it's good to suck not hear him at the shows. And I could tell from him when he was talking about it on the show yesterday. It, uh, I could tell on his face that he's going to miss it, and it was kind of bothering him a little bit. So um, I'm happy for his success. The guy is a, a, a superstar among all superstars, and he deserves everything that comes his way. So, um, yeah, I, I'd probably say SmackDown if I had to pick, pick, but I am a biased wrestling fan. <laughs> I will say, though, Josh, this could be a great opportunity for maybe if they repackage Baron Corbin, because I believe in SmackDown this week they saw him getting getting into JBL's limo, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah, so JBL's back. <laughs> well, no, but I'm saying like you repackage Baron Corbin, then when McAfee comes back, mm. Corbin could just beat the shit out of him and something like that, and or beat the shit out of him on College Game Day. That'd be funny, <laughs> you know. And why not? You know, and and I think that could, hey, if AEW can do it at at comic book signings, why can't WWE? Right. <laughs> exactly. But uh, no, that'll be. Yeah, but it, it's gonna be, um, I hope it's Nigel McGuinness too. I've read it's going to be Corey Graves. Uh, uh, in the meantime, I don't know if that's true. I, you know, it'd be kind of cool for me, Josh, if they could somehow get Mauro Ranallo back now that Triple H is back at the helm. If they could get Mauro Ranallo involved, that would be amazing. Right. We'll see. Uh, let's see what else Mike has here for questions. Um, he has two more here. No, three more, actually. Uh, do you think people overreacted and were too quick to criticize Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah instead of crediting them for winning their first WWE titles beyond NXT? Well, it's the internet. They're going to criticize any booking decision that's made in any promotion ever, unless it's AEW, even though that's changing pretty quickly, too. Um, you know they were going to criticize it. Why was it not damage control? Do you think they might be trying to tell a story? Shocking concept that they're trying to do long-term booking. Um, (laughs) Also, like, if for some reason they want to turn Raquel Rodriguez heel, it's a great way to do it. You know, if if Aaliyah costs him, Raquel turns or whatever. So I I had no problem with with the decision. Now, do I think damage control should have won? Yes. But if if that's the long-term payoff, then so be it. So, by the way, Bert Carter, I know you're gonna appreciate this when you see this, but literally, I put as the title of our episode this week. Seriously, uh, comma the acronym. What the hell is wrong with AEW? I, I put the title this week. Yeah. It's so true. <laughs> it's all these weird acronyms and stuff that Jericho was trying to pump out last night. Like, what the hell was that? What was it B W C or something like that? Oh my god, it's brutal. Jojo Dutch. We'll we'll uh, get we'll get into it, uh, Mike. To answer your question here, like Bert Carr said, I echo the same uh, sentiments exactly. Uh, people are just gonna bitch the bitch. By the way, aren't the women's tag team titles on the line on Raw this Monday? Oh, are they? I don't know. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Fine. So, uh, two. That's why we'd say episodic TV show, not blowing your load on TBS every week to try to pop a rage when you still you can't get past a million. <laughs> Um, all right, let's get to the next question here. Um, do you, uh, what do you think of Braun Strowman as an eventual IC title winner against Gunther? He says, Ooh, I, can see it. I like that idea. I think that could be great. You know, the power of Gunther versus 
Braun Strowman. Um, I've been told Braun Strowman is going to be on SmackDown is going to be his, his yes. new home. So, which is fine. You know, there, that could be another, uh, if, if you need to do something for the fall, there's some competition for the tribal chief as well. If, you know, I've, I've read they're going to do Kevin Owens. So if they need to, you know, if they, once they get past Kevin Owens, if they need to do Braun Strowman um, before the Royal Rumble, they could do that too. So, but yeah, I think him versus Gunther could be a heck of a match. That'd be fun to watch. I just want to see Braun throw another chair at Roman. <laughs> the, just like the accuracy and how he threw those office chairs at him when they were feuding. By the yeah. way, that dude was so underrated. Like, I, I really enjoyed those matches with him and uh, Roman. So Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I'm fine if they want to do a title program with him and Gunther. Uh, that would be physical. I'm happy that Braun Strowman's back. We'll have to see how it goes. I think Triple H probably wants to have Gunther hold on to that title for a long time. So we'll have to see how it works. I'm curious to see what he does um, uh, tomorrow. It is nice to see Imperium back, three or three-fourths of Imperium back. I hope they can do something to make it complete, but <laughs> I know that might not be happening for a while. Oh, we'll take what we can get. <laughs> um, last question here for the uh, back porch Q&A. Um, he said, I failed to acknowledge the tribal chief Saturday in that. How dare you? <laughs> that in that prediction, as well as how many belts he would have made six out of nine right on DraftKings. So, seriously, who beats Roman Reigns for the titles? He says, I'm stumped. And he says, I appreciate your responses as always. <laughs> I appreciate you, Mike. <laughs> uh, golly. Um, whew. I'm going to say it's Cody. I, I think it has to be Cody. I, I, I don't see anybody else doing it. And 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 if they want to take off, take it off of Reigns before the Royal Rumble, like if they want to take it off at day one, then yeah. you can have somebody else win the Rumble. But I, I it's got to be Cody. I can't see anybody else. Yeah, it's a clean sleep here on the Hoots podcast. It, it, for me, it's Cody Rhodes. If it's Kevin Owens, I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> justice for him for what he had to deal with but if it's cody uh, i'm perfectly fine with that and i would have been okay if it would ended up being drew at clash of the castle i would have been okay with that too yeah. <laughs> uh, i will get into i think roman winning was the right decision but if drew would have ended up winning i think that would have been just fine i would not have had a problem with that at all maybe just maybe it's just because i'm not i want to say i'm not a good better but I need a break from all these DraftKings ads. <laughs> every show, it's like first take, all these other shows. It's not even just wrestling related. I need a break for DraftKings commercials. Yeah, I understand. Listen, as somebody who does DraftKings every week, I, I, I understand why you might want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Are you getting a good ROI out of that? Not yet, but it's <laughs> invest. Hey, listen, I did pretty good last year. I ended up netting like 50 bucks over the course of the year. And I really only bet on college sports. I don't really bet on NFL. Um, cause I, cause I do mostly fantasy football. That's where I do that. But I bet on college sports. Here's my advice for everybody when it comes to like gambling and stuff. If you ever want to gamble on football, especially NFL, do it in a confidence pool, not spreads, not survivor pools, do a confidence, uh, so basically, you the top number is how many games there are for the week. Mm-hmm. So, for example, we have sixteen. Get your picks in. Whoever you think has the highest chance of winning, you give them sixteen, and you go oh. one step down, so one step down from there until you get one. Uh, my uncle Vito, 
uh, love him. Uh, he lived across the street from me when I was living by my mom's house when I was growing up. And um, every football season, he had a confidence pool. And <laughs> we would do this. We'd fill out sheets. Like, even for your upsets, you could put a two on a, a pick that you think is going to be an upset, and that could help you out in getting money. And then at the end, you could put in your tiebreakers for your Monday Night Football game. Mm. Uh, confidence pools. <laughs> get your money. It's a better way to do it if you're going to start a league like that. Interesting. I'll have to look into that. I, I haven't heard about that, but I like that. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's a great concept. Um, last question. I actually found one here, Brett Carter, on Facebook uh, as we were doing this. Uh, shout out to Brett. He says, what are your thoughts on Solo Sokoa joining the bloodline, and how are both of you? Oh, well, th- I'm feeling great. I hope you're doing well, Brett. Um, thanks for checking out the show, as always. Checking out the show, as always. Um I think it's it's a natural fit. He's he's part of the family. Um, He rose up through the NXT ranks pretty quickly. He's caught onto the business pretty well. I think it's a natural fit, Um, almost as natural as Sami Zayn. Uh (laughs) 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 Oh God, has Sami Zayn not been just phenomenal in this storyline? By the way, tremendous, tremendous. (laughs) So, but I I love it. I, I I think it's it's a it's a natural fit. Um, I, I would be actually okay with him. He won't beat Gunther, but maybe if he wanted to win a United States championship um, somehow from beating him, I could see them getting the title off of Lashley that way, you know, with some interference and getting it to Solo Sokoa. I think that'd be great. But um, no, I love it. I think he's going to do great things and all, you know, acknowledge him. That's all you can say. <laughs> uh, I, I'm a big fan of Solo Sokoa. I enjoyed a lot of his work at NXT. Uh, I like the way he moves in a ring. Uh, kind of re- reminds me a lot of Umaga, mm. uh, just, just how he works and stuff. Uh, he's fast. He, he can do a lot of the same stuff that Usus does. Obviously, there is a little. He is their little brother. But uh, I, I love the layout. I love the timing of it too. Um, obviously, we know why the Usos can't make these international shows. So right. I, I thought if you were going to do a running like that, I thought I'd been better off with him being the reveal instead of Paul Heyman costing Drew McIntyre because that would be as realistic in a yeah. way. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was pretty cool. As far as your question is concerned, brother, I'm feeling good. I think I'm looking good. I'm feeling like in a good place uh, emotionally, health-wise, everything I'm in, I'm in really good spirits, so I appreciate the question. Um, so that's the wrap up for our Q and A session. As always, if you want to participate in the Good Brothers Q and A session, my bad, the Back Porch Q and A session, make sure to hit us up at the Hoots Podcast or the Hoots Podcast at gmail.com. Now, before we get to this week in WWE, I did say that I wanted Brother Carter to expand on his thoughts on what we could see for the upcoming NFL season. Um, I did a little preview special with uh, our good brothers uh, Sam and Pat uh, Patrick Fitz the other day, uh, which was a lot of fun. You can see it on our YouTube channel if you want. And um, I want to get your thoughts on division winners. What's your hot takes you have for the season? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I'll have to just double check who I think my division winners are. But um, I think a few teams that we need to watch out for this year who I think are going to make major improvements. Uh-huh. Uh, the first one is the New York Jets. I think that the Jets are going to surprise people this year. Now, are they going to make what? the playoffs? Probably not. I didn't say they were going to make the playoffs. Okay. I, said that, I, I think they're going to be a lot better. I could see them being a you know a seven and nine, eight and eight team this year. Okay. Um, they're not making, not quite making the playoffs, but I think watch out for the Jets. I think they're going to get a lot better. 
Um, I think the Eagles are going to be really good. Um, you know, you've got Jalen Hurts who's starting to figure it out. He's got weapons now that A.J. Brown is with them, uh, you know, and Devontae Smith. So watch out for the Eagles. And they play in the worst division of football. So they have a steam – they have an easy path to the playoffs. Um, yes. So I, I say watch out for the Eagles. I think the Jets. I think the Bills are hungry, man. They are. They have been on the cusp for a long time. And I, 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 I've got them winning the Super Bowl this year. I actually have the Bills um, winning the Super Bowl this year. And, um, but yeah, so I, I think those are some teams that we need to watch out for. Um, another interesting hypothetical situation that I ask is, and I've been asking some folks this, now, there is no way that this is going to happen. This is like elite-level fantasy booking, right? Okay. <laughs> what if the Browns, are nine and two going into week 12. Do you start okay. Deshaun? I say like, if they've got chemistry going, why would you start him? You know? And like, you know, yes. Is he, is he elite level talent? Yes. Like if, if, if things were to, if this was a normal season and he didn't have all that shit, he'd, he'd be a top five quarterback. There's no, no doubt about it. Um, but I think that, um, I think that if if they if for some reason the Browns are doing nine and two or whatever, you don't start Deshaun, you keep him as the backup, and you get and he's the owners are paying him a hundred million dollars to sit on the bench, and like how does that make him look? You know? Yeah. <laughs> so I think, yeah yeah right. So there's that. Um, I also think that um, Lamar Jackson needs to be very careful with how he navigates this season because he still doesn't have a deal. And unless unless something happened today and I missed it, but I still don't think he has a a, a secure long term deal. So yeah. if he starts to take the field week one, the owners will know. Well, we know we don't have to pay this guy a whole lot because he's still going to play. So I think Lamar's got to navigate that very 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 quickly. I hope they can get a deal done um, this weekend. Um, so yeah, so those are just a few things I have. Do you have any uh, any any other? Things I might be missing or any questions. I'll have to look and see who I got for division winners. Let me let me pull that up here. I have to say this, Sam. I saw your uh, name for your one of your fantasy football teams, and I was crying laughing for at least a couple minutes. Um, it, it's it's Deshaun Watson <laughs> related, but uh, you, you, my man, are fucked up. <laughs> uh, Almost as bad as the one I have for our Pick'em League. By the way, I want to give a shout out for everybody who decided to join our Pick'em League. Uh, that's yep. from Yahoo. So thank you guys for uh, hopping out with us with that. So that's pretty cool. Okay. Josh, but- I've, got my, I've got my division winners here. All right. Starting in the AFC, I've got the Bills coming out of the East, the Ravens coming out of the North. Uh-huh. I've, I've got the Titans coming out of the South. Okay. And i got the Chiefs coming out of the West. Okay. And then in the NFC, I got the Eagles. Uh, who do you pick out of this? Uh, in the North. Oh, God. Can I say nobody out of the NFC North? <laughs> Can I say nobody? Um, if, if I have to pick a winner, I'm actually going to – I'm going to take the Vikings. Do it for Rob Shabosky. Yeah, yeah. I did. I'm going to take the Vikings just because I can't pick Green Bay and – Sorry, Josh. The Bears aren't coming out of that division. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and um, I've got the Bucks coming out of the South, and um, I'm going to take the Rams coming out of the West. How about wild cards? 
Ooh, wild cards. Uh, let's see. I get two, right? Uh, three. Three. Okay. Wild cards. I'm going to take the the Las Vegas Raiders as one. All right. Um, I'm going to take the Miami Dolphins actually as one, and ooh, the Chargers because they got Justin Herbert and Justin Herbert's a machine. So I get them out of the AFC. NFC, I'm going to take um, 49ers, Saints, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but the Cowboys. <laughs> and honestly, the reason I'm taking the Cowboys to go wild card spot is so they can lose in the first round. Yes. <laughs> they're going to give everybody hope, and then they're going to lose in the first and then we get another B-roll clip of all the fans crying. The, the guy that looks like Michael Cole that I caught seeing yes. as a girlfriend. <laughs> and then we get to see Stephen A, which is the best part. <laughs> so enjoy your NFL season, folks. It's going to be fun. Good stuff. I like that, brother Carter. Now, uh, we have to remind everybody that you did pin this down. You did put a note to this. I did say the 49ers will miss the playoffs. So yep. You are holding yep. to that, yes. Yep. I have them as a wild card, but we will see. Yes. All right. So let's let's get to uh, this week in uh, WWE, shall we? Let's do it. We're not gonna spend too much time on this, uh, even though we probably should, because uh, we're not. We don't want to come up as haters and negative people. We're not. Oh, oh we're oh we're gonna be haters this week. We're gonna be haters this week. Not in the WWE segment, but yeah. <laughs> okay. But um, I want to play a clip here really quick of uh, Kevin Owens and Austin Theory from Raw this past Monday. All right. I always like to preach about maximizing your TV time and ha- making sure your TV matches have a purpose, even if there's nothing on the line. And this is case in point right here. But you know what I despise more than anything in this industry? It's, it's arrogant people and delusional people now. We've had some really arrogant people. We've had some extremely delusional people in WWE, and you certainly won't be the last one we deal with. But right now, currently, you are at the very top of that list. A great example of how delusional you are is you, you're complaining about what Tyson Fury did to you. But what Tyson Fury did at Clash of the Castle, that's the name of the show, at Clash of the Castle is... He actually, he did you a favor because if you had been able to cast your contract, either Drew or Roman would have put you into the ground and you would have lost that opportunity forever. Now, you don't know what you're talking about. But you know what? I know what it is. You're jealous. Yeah. You're jealous. You're the guy that's always running around talking about championships, but you haven't won one in years. Meanwhile, someone like me is just climbing the ladder of success and doing things that you could never do, like becoming Mr. Money in the Bank. Good stuff. We're into the point. I, I, I didn't get a chance to see the promo. I did read somewhere, though, that he made a reference to Austin Theory getting his name back, his first name back. Yes. <laughs> That's great. I love that. He, he's throwing off different examples. He's like, oh, great things like me. <laughs> and things I noticed is that you got your first name back. 
<laughs> see what I did there? <laughs> and, uh, That's great. I love Kevin Owens. He's fantastic. He's, he's the man. Uh, they had a very good match at Raw this week. Uh, I'll check that out. But uh, let's talk about Clash of the Castle. Do it. Um, what was your thoughts of the show? And, uh, what stood out to you, good way or bad? I loved it. I This is one of my favorite pay-per-views I've seen in a long time. Um, I would probably have to say my favorite moment of the show was the standing ovation that Sheamus got after his match with Gunther. Like, they put some respect on Sheamus. And that was really, really, really cool. Like, I was getting goosebumps for that. Um, I thought the show was overall was a terrific show from top to bottom. Uh, I thought that the women started out with a bang. You know, they just had a great match, a great six-women uh, tag match to start the show. Um, I like the Dom heel turn. Um, I, I'm curious to see why they waited until, like, why he cost Judgment Day and then decided to turn heel, which I thought was like, huh, interesting. So we'll see what they do with that. Maybe it's Rhea Ripley trying to break out on her own um, with Dom. We'll see. Um, so I thought that was really great. I know a lot of people are upset about Drew McIntyre not winning uh, the the Universal Championship uh, in, in his home country, which I get. Um, I get why they were upset. Oh, by the way, the Broken Dreams theme, that was that was fantastic. That was awesome that I, that that's actually been one of my favorite theme songs for the last 15 years and so to hear that again was really cool um i get why i get why people were upset i think it was the right decision to have roman keep the belts um but uh but 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 overall and they had a tremendous match like that was just a tremendous match um and as i mentioned before my favorite match of the show was gunther versus um versus sheamus but overall, I thought this was a tremendous show from top to bottom. And I agree with you. They have to go back to Europe more often because that, that crowd, they're hot. They're, they are hot and hungry fans um, for that. But I loved it. What did you think? Uh, I, I really did the Brian Carter. And here's the thing for me. Um, <laughs> I make no bones about it. I think UK has the best wrestling crowds. Uh, if it's not Chicago related, I think UK fans are just absolutely – uh, tremendous, and they just bring a lot of good qualities to the show that you don't get a lot of times. And uh, I, I really appreciate what they brought to the table for this show. And um, I thought Michael Cole again, another uh, fantastic job on commentary this week yep. uh, on the pay per view. Uh, if I had one thing that I would change, now don't get wrong, I really like this match and I like the opener. I would probably shave maybe like five minutes off the match. I, thought I can see that long uh, again i i stick to my guns unless it's some major consequence like a survivor series or a title on the line i do not believe that trios matches should be going over 15 plus minutes mm. that's just me it looks like a clusterfuck it becomes a clusterfuck at certain points <laughs> making the referees look stupid but right. uh happy that damage control one i was not surprised by that uh just off the reaction of them, uh, everybody on Twitter on Monday last week, but oh, they're buried and blah, 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 blah. like, of course, they were gonna win <laughs> the paper. Right? Um, the, I do want to get your thoughts on this, Josh. And I, we try not to talk about booking here on the Hoots podcast, but I feel like I have to when but, it comes to the SmackDown Women's Championship match. I, I didn't like how this played out just because, and don't get me wrong, I love Liv Morgan, I love the opportunity she's getting. I'm happy that Shayna Baszler finally got her opportunity, but where do you go with Shayna from here? I still, I mean, I just like, some about it doesn't bother me. Like, what do you do with Shayna Baszler going forward? Because I've always thought she's unbelievable and has never been utilized to her full potential. So 
I, 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 I'm happy Liv Morgan got the win. I understand why Liv Morgan got the win. That's all fine. But um, I just don't know what you do for, with Shayna Baszler from here because I mean, she lost clean. Like, is she lost straight up clean. And, like, you've got this badass MMA fighter who, um, you know, and nothing against Liv Morgan. As I said, I'm happy for her. She's done a lot of work. But, you know, she, she just doesn't have that same type of badassness that Shayna Baszler does. So it's like, where do you go with Shayna Baszler from here? You know, you can't have – so that's just the only thing that I worry about. Well, her being a badass has nothing to do with, you know, capitalizing on overconfidence. You could be a badass and still get your ass whipped. That's true. <laughs> uh, but for me, I, I look at it from a bigger point, picture point of view. Yeah, Shane is not the end game here because Ronda Rousey's still around. So mm-hmm. I don't think you're just going to randomly have Ronda fight Shayna at extreme rules mm-hmm. and get that. Like, I – it's something you could probably do down the road. Uh, there's just a lot of things that go into it. I don't think it would be a good look for Liv Morgan for her to lose the title <laughs> in two months. You know? Well, and uh, I'm not saying that she would have had to lose it, but maybe like have some sort of controversy or something. I, I just think right now, and this may be – I could be wrong about this, but I feel that with Triple H, they probably just want as much clean – finishes as they want so they don't have to hear the crowd being like see nothing changed here's Vince with these disqualifications and That's no fair. contests and blah blah That's blah blah, blah. I, I could be totally wrong <laughs> and I'm open free game to understand what the real action was uh, I, I was kind of surprised that Liv won the way she did too I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie for that but I can see a bigger picture here that I don't think this is the end game for Shayna I think she'll still be around this title picture and we'll have to see how this goes. Sure. Sure. I like it. The other thing I want to say, Josh, and get your thoughts on this. Um, you know, as we mentioned, a lot of people were upset about the, about the Drew not winning the title in his hometown and said, this was a misstep for triple H. I completely disagree because I, you, he's got to be very careful with how he takes the title off of Roman because they've built him. Like he's been the champion for over two years and to drop the, to have him lose the title in his first major match that's like, okay, they're completely trying to do 180 with everything. And that's that's not really fair to Roman Reigns. So I so that's this he's just know that going forward, Triple H has to navigate the Roman Reigns situation very carefully. By the way, did you see the press conference afterwards where Roman Reigns that was outstanding? Yes. Made him acknowledge him and just walked out. Like, that's how you do a press conference. Just say it. And I and I, I was glad it was that kind of reporter too because he's one of those guys that like to stir the pot and do like the AEW stuff. Oh, does he? I I don't I don't I don't know that reporter from Adam, so I don't know. Yeah, so I I, I was glad to see that acknowledge your travel chief. I I, I love that. It was great. Um, really good for me for my thoughts of the show. Like I said, yeah. the only thing I would have done different is shave off the time of the opening match. Um. Uh, Gunther and Sheamus is everything I love about professional wrestling, uh, everything I love about New Japan and those type of matches. It was just so fun where I didn't have to pause and I could still be a fan and enjoy whilst covering this match. It was just absolutely tremendous. And I'm glad that Sheamus got his flowers. Um, agree with everything you said about the Mysterios and Judgment Day. Edge's entrance was awesome. Yes. <laughs> the energy when he came out was just uh, tremendous. Um, 
really <laughs> the, the part where Ray did a suicide dive to Rhea Ripley, I thought was pretty funny. I don't condone violence on women, by the way, but I, with the circumstances that's going on, I thought that's pretty cool. Yep. Uh, everything with Dominic, I thought they went about it the right way, the right tone, the way uh, Ray sold the the lariat. Uh, doing a low blow. I know they're having edge against Dominic on Raw this Monday, so we'll have to see how that plays out. But um, <laughs> they're hitting some good uh, tones here, and we're far from over, man. And it's funny, like on Raw on Monday, they were doing the Eddie Sun chance. I thought that was fucked yeah. up. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm curious to see where that goes. But here's the thing, you know, when he, there's only six matches on this show, and even then. Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle put on a barn burner. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. If any of the matches I thought was going to go double DQ Jones or whatever, I thought it was going to be that. And then yeah. um, the main event um, is one of Roman's best matches in this tirade. Um, I got off my seat a couple times. It's like just <laughs> some of those false finishes was great. I I really thought when. Uh, Drew did that Claymore after the spear he gave him. I thought that was it. And just anything with that was just uh, crazy, crazy energy and (laughs) adrenaline that was going on there. (laughs) I thought it was a really nice touch, too, that Roman looked rattled when the crowd didn't acknowledge him and was booing him. You know, because he was. was, (laughs) I thought that was great because in the the States, Roman is cheered. Like, he's, he's finally won the fans over, but. Um, so I thought that was a really nice touch when he was rattled with the fans booing him and, and not acknowledging him. Also, when he grabbed the mic in the middle of the match and said, Cardiff, acknowledge me, that was awesome. I, and I love I love the headbutt timing of that right after. Acknowledge me. Geek. That was great. That was great. <laughs> so all in all, Clash's Castle was a lot of fun. Uh, really quick, uh, the World's Collide thing. Um, I, I really enjoyed the triple threat match with the ladies. Uh, Mandy Rose is now your unified NXT World Champion beating Blair Davenport did Waterfall. Uh, and Miko Satamora was on the show as well, so that was a good one's match. We talked about the broad breaking match earlier. Uh, Carmel Hayes and um, Ricochet was pretty good too. Um, uh, so World's Collide was pretty solid, but all in all, some good stuff. Uh, right now, when it comes to these Raw and SmackDown shows, I really don't know where certain things are going, and I kind of like that where I don't have to pinpoint everything right. like we were the last couple of years. So I'm curious to see what they do tomorrow on SmackDown. Extreme Rules is the next premium live event in Philly. Um, we'll have to see where things go from there, but uh, I'm sure we're, we're not done with the pettiness with Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle. So <laughs> I sure we'll get some fiery promos. <laughs> um, cool to see Braun Strowman back too. I was very happy that he came back on Raw. I'm curious to see what they do with him. But uh, great to see him. And um, yeah, so we'll just see what happens with that going forward. But yeah, good stuff from WWE this week. No doubt. Oh, also, um, Josh, yeah. I know we, we may went into this earlier, but we certainly wish Pat McAfee all the best um, heading over to college game day. He will be missed on SmackDown. But um, gave us some great stuff over the last couple of years. Yeah, Pat's a, a gem. Um, one of the best uses of celebrities in wrestling, and I'm he's gonna be missed. But um, I hope they have a good solution with there, and um, you know, sooner or later he'll come. He'll come back. I mean, hey, it's already September. <laughs> you know, right. time's going by fast. So, about to Indeed. see how this goes. But um. Brother Carter, I think um, it's time to uh, 
give the people what they want. Oh man. I, Josh, we're getting into this a lot earlier than we usually do. And I don't care. This is a thing I think we've all been waiting for, for at least three, four, five, six days since all the crap went going down. It's the segment you love. It's the segment I love. It is the flagship segment. And in this case, the name of the episode of the Hoots podcast, it is What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. And we're going to get it started in a three, a two, a one. Beat your meat. Beat, beat your meat. Beat your meat. Beat, beat your meat. Beat. Your meat, beat, beat, your meat, beat, your meat, beat, beat, your meat. I'm telling you, my time is right now, right this minute, 2022. We're living in my time is now, my time is right, god damn now. And what intensity. It's time for What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. You had to put the clip of the future world champion because they're not going to put it on anyone else. Uh. Okay. Josh, what the hell is, well, we know what the hell is wrong with AEW this week. I, I don't even know where to start this week it's we can't start at the top because we don't know where the top is with this with this shit um do you want to start with the pay-per-view all out what do you okay let's start with all out do you want let's cover the show you want to do the show first yes let's do the show let's we'll, we'll get through this real quick um there was 14 matches on this goddamn show 15 15 excuse me it was 15 shows on this The pay-per-view, if you count zero hour, lasted like five hours. But again, they're going to be the company that changes sports-based wrestling, pal. Even though the crowd was dead for a lot of this shit. Oh, God. Um, Okay, let's let's just start at the beginning here. Um, So we've got the the zero-hour matches. Uh, You've got... Useless Guevara and useless Soho versus useless Conti and useless Ortiz. This was stupid. This was, I didn't care about this at all. Um, so there was that. Um, Hook comes out, wins in convincing fashion because AEW is not going to put one of their top and most over talents on the main show in Hook. Why would they do that? And then you've got, and I want to get your thoughts on this. You've got Kingston who... He's kind of a mess right now against your boy from New Japan, Ishii. And, you know, I think it was a battle of whose chest can be redder at the end of the match. But, I mean, that out of the three, I actually didn't mind that one because that was just a good old-fashioned Donnybrook. But um, what did you think of the zero-hour matches, Josh? Um, Shout-out to Ishii. He's the man. Um, Him and Kingside died a very, very good match. I, I, I... Really enjoyed it. Um, I I had this test to myself where I could um, mute the commentary, and my gauge is not off of how loud the crowd is. It's not what the commentators are saying. I can tell a good match without hearing noise, and I 
I kind of got accustomed to this when I was covering the shows with New Japan for the pandemic. By the way, on good note, on good news, fans in Japan started cheering for their shows this week in Cork and Hall. So it was uh, pretty nice to hear that uh, for the first time in this pandemic. But uh, back great. to this, uh, just a good uh, Big E special, big beanie man bumping <laughs> slap and meat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed the match. Uh, pack right. again, but. Pack against uh, Kip Sabian for I the forgot about that, yeah. Galaxy Championship, uh, Intergalactic Moron Championship. Um, <laughs> let me say this. I know we uh, were saying on a show that Kip Sabian was tied to New Roman Font. Uh, I had decided to revoke that name for him, and I got to get credit with Chris, too. I thought he did a good job in the match. I thought it was fine. It wasn't as much as Spot Monkey Fest. Uh, I was happy to see him there, and he, I thought he did a good job. The other two matches, like you said, just a waste of time, and nobody gave a shit. Uh, I get it. Actually, Bross there. I, I enjoy some of his songs and stuff, but uh, I agree with you. There's no reason why Hook should not be on his pay-per-view. But, hey, uh, it's one thing to do short matches on a YouTube pre-show, but we have short matches with grudge feuds that we're building up towards the show, too. So let's get into that. Okay. We start with the casino ladder match. All the entrants come in. They do their spots, whatever. The person to take the chip, Stokely Hathaway. Or whatever. Hathaway comes out. His minions and masks come out. It's the ass boys. It's William Morrissey. It's... Whoever the fuck else. I, I don't care. And they hand the chip to the Joker who decides not to reveal his mask. I This was stupid. I'm sorry, but this was like, I get what they were trying to do with booking to the end of the show. But you're trying to tell me that Stokely Hathaway, who is perhaps one of the most useless characters in AEW. Again, see why WWE got rid of him. Uh, He's going to be the one that's leading this faction, even though all these guys could beat the shit out of him at a moment's notice. Like, yeah. and he takes the chip, hands it to the Joker, and the Joker walked away. I thought this was ridiculous. What did you think? Um, yeah, that was stupid too. Uh, doing the casino ladder match, like I said last week on the show, there's not good casinos in Chicago, so I don't know why you wanted to use that. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> For that to be what led it up being the reveal of NJF, I just thought that was lame and corny. Uh, everything with that was lame. You know why it's lame? Because he didn't even come up, come out with that group on Dynamite on Wednesday. Correct. Are you trying to tell me that MJF needs Stokely Hathaway? Yeah. And by the way, the guy who says he's tired of anti-WWE guys is going to get in a group with big casts. Right. Exactly. I mean... I get is this if they're trying to make this pinnacle 2.0 and like MJF needs people to protect him and he's gonna fine like if that's the storyline they're gonna go with fine but why Hathaway like Hathaway sucks dude he's terrible. What was the um, what was the group with like um, Mick Foley, Big Show, and Tess? Was it the Corporation or something? Oh, like I that? don't remember. I don't. Yeah, I, anyway, that's what this group reminds me of. Just random blokes. I, I'm not even gonna call them the Job Squad because I think that's a, a little bit too far. But 
Stokely halfway has done next to nothing of significance on this show or this promotion since he showed up there. It's really something when the diamond mine is more interesting than what the fuck we saw there. And again, I get the whole tie of sympathy with the devil, but a charming Rolling Stone song just was not the mix for me for how you want to bring Edge F with. Hell, even if you want to do the whole thing at the end with the whole voice message and everything, even then, that was corny too. Nobody, Tony Khan should have no voice or anything resembling anything on the TV product. Right. I, it's just not good audio. It's kind of like listening to Seltzer in a fucking media scrum with his marble mouth. Oh, but, you, well, let's go to the next thing. I mean, we'll get to the media scrum, but Tony Khan looked like he was high or on LSD or something. I don't know. Yeah, he looks like okay. Then we get, we get the trampoline trios match. Yes. The Elite versus the Dark Order. We knew what this was. The Elite wins the titles. Shocking. The EVPs put themselves over. I I don't need to say much about this. This was spots. This was trampoline fest. I hate Kenny Omega. I hate the Young Bucks. Um, <laughs> I, this was stupid. I, I, What are your thoughts, Josh? This was ridiculous. Um, everything that we've always said about AW tag matches all over the place. We got the dead courts up doing what he does, which is absolutely nothing. And it was just a waste of time. Again, another match that went way too long. It was, it was, it was, it was ridiculous. Okay. Then we get into the TBS championship match. Jade Cargill destroys Athena. Next. Whatever. Okay. Here's a match you actually enjoyed, Josh. And I enjoyed this too. I thought this was one of the cooler moments of the evening. FTR and Wardlow against Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns. I thought this was an excellent match, actually. One of the high points of the evening. And I thought all the stuff with Dax Harwood's daughter was really, really cool. Yes, like, you know, breaking Sanjay Dutt's pencil and all that stuff at the end. I thought that was actually funny. And I thought that was really cool. So uh, great to see the Motor City Machine Guns back. I've been a fan of theirs when I was watching TNA back in the 2000s. so I, I, I thought this was I thought this was excellent and I, I enjoyed this. Um, we'll talk about Wardlow when we get into Dynamite here in a little bit, but um, but I, I enjoyed this a lot. I just felt you know the concept going into this match I thought was dumb. I thought you could have had maybe Wardlow defend his side on the show, but I mean we are at fucking twelve titles on the line at this point on the card. Uh, but you know them him not having the title defense, FTR not fight for the world tag team titles i thought was dumb but if anything this just shows a bad light on tony khan's booking because a match that had no rhyme or reason to be on the program was one of the best matches on the show and the feature guys are not even on his roster um i, I that was a good match it's it's really a shame when a match like that overshot overshadows the finals of your trios tournament just saying it's just, I get, the, and a lot of people can say, well, I like the trampolines. Well, good for you. Yeah, Bravo. no Kai, Kaiju King battle, or if Chikara is still around. All right, let's move on. Uh, okay, okay. Josh, would you agree that Ricky Stocks has been one of the finest parts about AEW programming in recent weeks? Yes, few and far between. Yes, but, he's yeah. fantastic. He got a four-minute match with Powerhouse Hobbs. Now, I heard rumblings that Starks got injured and they had to cut this short. If that was the case, then I'll give then we'll give him a pass on this. But it's also an indictment to AEW's wrestling style. How much of their roster is hurt? Like, all, like over half of it is hurt. 
I uh, mean, I, I, I like this was supposedly one of the best feuds going into this pay-per-view. And I like Starks and I like powerhouse Hobbs. I, I think they're both very talented, especially Starks. Starks has been killing it um, recently, but they, again, I'll give the benefit of the doubt if Starks is hurt, but if he, if Starks is not hurt and they give this four minutes, like Tony, what the fuck are you doing? Well, that's the thing. You have matches on the card that should have got time. And then you have matches like this. And again, if the, if Starks was injured, okay, I can understand why. I understood why the Christian and Jungle Boy match was short because Christian is really injured. So that didn't bother me. But when you have matches like this that should get time, and then you have other matches on the show that go on for 15 or 22 minutes on the card, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. There's no reason why Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs should go four and a half minutes in a dark AW dark style match. And you know, if, if if it was me, I'd probably have those two kick off the show. Yes. But it by the way, nobody got over in this match. Nobody. No, absolutely not. Speaking of over though, Josh, somebody did get over in the next match, in my opinion. Next match on the card was for the World Tag Team Championships, the acclaimed against Swerve and Strickland. And I'm going to make a hot take here, Josh, and I want to get your thoughts and and the people, of course, listening as well. I think the acclaimed might be for real. I think the acclaimed might be legit. And I think they have a shot to make it in this industry. That was easily their best outing. I thought the acclaimed looked quite good in this tag team match. And we know that they can captivate an audience, whether you like the raps or not fine and the whole scissor me daddy whatever if if that's what you like fine the point is the acclaimed can get a crowd in the palm of their hands and now they've shown they can wrestle um i thought this was a stupid booking decision i think the acclaimed should have won the titles unless they're planning to win the titles in a useless rematch in arthur ash stadium two weeks from now um they've managed to turn swerve and keith lee who i am actually i'm I've lost a ton of, like, they've fallen down on my card pretty good, especially Keith Lee. I don't mind Swerve Strickland still. I think he should have held out and gone back to WWE with Hit Row, but that's just me. He wanted his money now. Fine. Um, But I, I, Josh, I think the acclaimed might be legit. I think the acclaimed might be for real, and I think the acclaimed could be big stars in this industry, and they proved it in this match. Uh, Can I play this clip? Please. Shut up, Josh. What are you talking about? I've said... Mother... You get... Hey, listen. Don't forget who the director of operations is, pal. Don't forget who could... Who could... Who's who's really running this product here. You be careful to your superior scribe. <laughs> I, I, I just wanted to bust your chops. I'm actually in the group with you. I'm a fan of the acclaim. So I, I deserve one myself for this. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, right. what, did you, what did you what did you think josh uh, i thought the match is good and i did I, now was this one of the matches i would cover some time out of yes i would i did not think it needed to go that long and i thought this is a bad look on keith lee and his performance in that mm-hmm. match but um i'm a fan of swerve in the ring outside of that he comes off two-faced to me this could be up front. Uh, I'm also going to mention the stuff in the uh, media scrum here because 
because <laughs> we're not going to have enough time to go over every aspect of the media scrum. Right. Yeah, and the quarter stuff will get to that in a couple minutes. Yeah. But this is what I'll mention here. So, okay, Keith Lee and Swerve retain, right? Mm-hmm. We get to the back. And they're the guests, right? Somebody um, decided to ask Tony Khan while they're there, hey, were you listening to the crowd? Do you uh, thought in your head, you know, uh, maybe you should go with an audible. Now, here's the thing when it comes to the press scrums. If you're choosing to sit next to your talent while they're taking questions, you, my friend, are fair game to questions. Correct. This is supposed to be media, right? <laughs> Not supposed to be dictated by when the promoter's comfortable enough to answer questions, right? <laughs> and then if you guys go back and watch their portion of the scrum, I'm sorry. Like, the way Keith Lee was answering questions and Shane Strickland and his passive aggressive ass, like, why why would I want to cheer for them going forward? I, why? <laughs> they, they've managed to turn themselves heel in the process, and not good heels. I'm sorry, but I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna do well as heels at all. Maybe Keith Lee, but I I think this is gonna be a flop. And then here we go. We have case point number 98 of why Tony Khan is nothing but a fucking mark. He, this dude decides to openly have a booking conversation with them, trying to convince them why it's a good idea to have a rematch at Grand Slam. What the fuck are we doing here? Let's go uh-huh. to the next match for I pop. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah. He's, he's in a national embarrassment. Okay. Speaking of embarrassments, the women's four-way match was next. <laughs> Tony Storm wins. There's some dissension between Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter, which we knew was going to happen. I I was indifferent. Josh, did you hear how uninterested the crowd was in this? Yes. Did you see? They couldn't give two flying shits about this match at all. And that's what says about their women's division. Go ahead. Yeah, let me add on to this because this also happened at Forbidden Door too. I've heard that people are walking out while this match is going on. If you don't, if you want a, a reflection or a state of what the women's division in AEW looks like, that crowd reaction or lack thereof tells you everything you need to know. It was a waste of time. It was a complete waste of time. Uh, the women's division is basically dead in AEW now that Thunder Rosa. Um, I've heard rumors and reports that she's requested her release from the company. She was one of the only that, bright spots. That's not true, actually. That's not true. Okay. I, I've heard conflicting reports whether she had asked for her release or not. So, okay, good. Well, I'm glad we got that out of the way. But still, she's one of the only bright spots in the women's division. No offense to Tony Storm, who I think is fantastic. But I, this was nothing. There's, I'm sorry, Jade Cargill is the other bright spot in the women's division. But she's clearly only worthy of a secondary title, apparently. How about this for a take? Tony Storm is in no better position right now than she was getting cake thrown in her face. Correct. Violet Flair. Absolutely. I'll say that, and I have no regrets to say that because it's the truth. I don't care that she got the interim championship. Again, stop doing interim freaking titles. Just strip the people and just go on with your business. And she's not more over now than she was before she left. And look at how she was carrying herself during the scrum, taking shots at Dunrosa. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble. Here's but... the thing, Josh. Also, too, <laughs> AEW rarely features their performance on a consistent base on television. You don't need to strip them of the title. Just keep them off TV for three months. Nobody's going to notice. 
Oh, God. Okay, let's go to the next match. Now, you touched upon this earlier. The next match was Jungle Boy against Christian Cage. I understand they needed to keep that match short because of Christian Cage's injury. Fine. But you're going to have Luchasaurus? Oh, that's so stupid. Attack him on stage. Of course, they're showing off the welts on his back because this is CZW light. Um, this, uh, This was so stupid. I... Here's the thing, you know, if Sting's not going to freaking have a no DQ match and hit people with baseball bats, why didn't Christian Cage just hit Jungle Boy with a bat while he was making the entrance? If that's the route they wanted to go with here, attack him right in front of his mom and sister that are right in the front row with a baseball bat. Right, fine. <laughs> so he had to bring it back in the ring to freaking show freaking Don Stevens and her wonderful facial expressions. Yeah. Don's looking... Shocking. Okay. Next up, we have Brian Danielson versus Lionheart Chris Jericho. I just was what it was. It's it's fine. I, I don't like that Jericho get the win. I thought that the ending of this was incredibly sloppy. Uh shocking in a Jericho match. Danielson props to Danielson for making this look as good as he did, because that just shows you how talented he is. But this this was Dude, Jericho is such an embarrassment. He is an embarrassment to himself, to the company, to professional wrestling. I, uh, this was. Ugh. What do you think? His character in Jericho Appreciate Society absolutely sucks. I I agree with that. I'm not getting off that horse, but I will say this, and I have to play this sound one more time for myself, uh, because uh, again, I did that experiment where I try to be objective as I can and give different approaches even for matches that I'm not interested in. I said it on the show that I was not interested in this match. So I decided to uh, turn the volume off and just type it out. And I I found myself enjoying the match more than I thought I was going to. Uh, For me, I I just like the physicality of it. And I thought it was good. Now, I'll say this. This match did not need to be 23 fucking minutes. (laughs) I I will say that. Again, Match placement is important, and where they had this as a show, I can understand why you and everybody else would probably be tired and thought this was overstaying its welcome and not looking good. I, I will say that. Right. But for match purpose, I thought it was fine. Uh, but Jericho, you know, I'll leave stuff about him personally because that's not the show we do here. We're not going to attack him personally or whatever. Uh, my thing with Jericho is just the gimmick is not good. No. Uh, I can appreciate what he does as a leader and all that stuff and his experience and everything. And he is a legend. Nobody will ever take that away from him. He's one of the best of all time. But uh, as far as the character, it's stupid. And why was he going over Danielson just to lose next week on Dynamite? But hey, AW doesn't do 50-50 booking, right, Brother Carter? AEW <laughs> doesn't. They, they don't know what the hell they're doing. Like, they... They booked their show the day of, like, oh, who's going to win? All right, cool. Why not? Whatever Tony Khan is feeling like. Okay, moving on. We get the most useless trios match or uninspiring trios match I've seen in a long time, which is unfortunate. House of Black versus Darby Allen Sting and Nero for some reason. Uh, This match was sloppy as shit. Oh, it was terrible. Miro, I guess, was trying to make up for not being booked on TV for three months and just kind of doing his thing. I will say, though, Josh, I am impressed every time Sting wrestles because for a 63-year-old, the dude can go. So 
That's very impressive. Um, Darby Allen wants to be a slapstick sidekick. Um, uh, we've heard rumors that Malachi has, Black has been granted his AEW release to deal with some personal issues. So, I thought some parents go. Yeah, up. absolutely. Feel better, Malachi. Great performer. Um, I really like the House of Black entrance. I thought that their entrance was quite good. This was sloppy. This was unnecessary. This was a waste of time. I don't get why Miro is now with Darby Allen and Sting. It makes no sense to me. They I, made, I they made the House of Black look like the factory. Yep. <laughs> It, this was a waste of time. Um, well, let's get to the main event because I need to be a good advertiser for what okay. about next. <laughs> so your main event, you've got cosplay Stone Cold, yep. Gian Moxley against. Well, we'll we'll save it against CM Punk, who is over. Starting from this point, will have managed to ruin his career over the next hour. The next hour from when this point started till an hour later, CM Punk has ruined his career. And we'll get into that here in just a little bit. I mean, you knew what was going to happen because a Mark Booker made this thing happen. You knew Punk was going to win the title in Chicago because, you know, that's you knew it was going to happen. Um, I will be I will say I was surprised that Punk was the one that actually bled. I figured Moxley would bleed 30 seconds into this thing. Yeah. <laughs> but it was Punk that actually decided to go with the crimson mask. Um, the match was what it was. We knew what was going to happen. Punk was going to win. And then we get the big reveal that MJF is back. And don't get me wrong. I'm very happy that MJF is back on my television screen. That will actually make AEW at least one segment worth watching every week. But I, what else can you say about this match, Josh? It was yeah, lame. Man. It was boring. It was the guys can't go punk, especially like he just, he doesn't have it anymore. Um, of course the Mark has him go over in his hometown. MJF is back. And then the real shit hits the fan. Let's deal with the match first. Then we'll get into the aftermath. What, what did you think of this, Josh? Uh, this shows again, why, People calling Tony Khan a Booker of the Year need to be drug tested. Um, just again, to think about what we were talking about last week going into this pay per view over the fact that this schmuck decides to do hot potato with the world championship. But again, this is the company where wins and losses matter, and we have rankings and all this. Stop lying to your customers. Stop. Leading your people astray, as uh, Stephen A. would say, or run amok. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, I'm watching this match, and it's on fucking autopilot mode. And if if we're going to start this whole CM Punk stuff here, I'm going to start with this. He looked like Michael Jordan on the fucking Washington Wizards. <laughs> yep. I'm, maybe it's the gear, but he looked like – you know what that looked like, Brother Carter? What's that? The end. Yes. The end. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you, but you know, like we'll get into the, the, the media scrum here in a second, but you knew this wasn't going to be the end because he would eventually put the title on. If things had gone according to plan, you knew MJF was going to end up winning the, the strap, but I dude, it's, 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 he's, I, I think his career is over. It has to be, his career has to be over. This is fumble bag after miss opportunity after miss opportunity after miss opportunity. Okay, 
we'll get to the scrum now. Let's let's do it. Let's okay. Because there's something else to talk about. Because if you think about it, if you're going to do the confrontation with Moxley and MJF, why the fuck you didn't give the title to Moxley? By the way, all this stuff could have been prevented and not shown in the fucking public. But another example of a Mark not do- knowing what the fuck he's doing. And people putting blind faith into this promotion. Like people telling me, oh, AEW Dynamite's going to get a 1.4 and 1.5 million viewers this week in the ratings. whoop de fucking do <laughs> Boy, that take went south really quick. By the way, Brother Carter, they only increased in 15,000 viewers this week. Oh, I didn't uh, know that. <laughs> Every, with everything that went on, they still are stuck at a million. <laughs> oh, oh man! Uh, and okay. Easy thing with our segment. Yeah. One thing I'm proud of the fact when we had the segment is the fact that we stood on topic and we didn't talk about ratings and we did not talk about WWE. Nope. We kept the conversation about what the conversation needs to be had. So many people go into uh, talking in circles about WWE to tie into points that they're making about AW. We're talking about one thing. We can have a conversation about AEW. Yes. And Josh, let's do that. Let's do that. Okay, so let's get into the media scrum. So it starts with CM Punk, and somebody asked him about Colt Cabana, I believe. Uh, no. Oh. I, I'll, I'll start this yeah, off. Go ahead. Go ahead. This is a funny story because I'll still type out the show as the show's going on. Obviously, for me, it takes a little while, while to finish out pay-per-views when I'm trying try because I'm typing out the matches and it takes a little while. So I'm at the uh, trios match with House of Black and um, Steam, Darby Allen, and Miro when this press scrum starts. So this, for everybody that's uh, listening, and I'll tell you my story for, as this is going on. So I put it on the background. I cut, again, I don't need to cover a wrestling show with commentary on, so I was still typing on as I was listening to this in the background. It goes into mid-sentence. Now, what people didn't know is that CM Punk obviously being the first person in the scrum coming off his victory. There's no comments from Tony Khan. There's nothing for CM Punk to talk about uh, opening states about him becoming the champion. He sits down. He looks at the scene. And he says, who here fancies themselves as a journalist? By the way, you can call it whatever you want. You can call it being upset that MJF overshadowed him and got a better crowd reception than he did in his hometown. You can call it whatever the fuck it is. But not even a minute into the scrum when you heard the actual thing. By the way, good job, AEW digital team. Um, This went off the fucking rails. So, I want to say this. What was done towards Nick Hausman in the beginning of that scrum was embarrassing. I get credit where credit's due. I, I, everybody knows my thing when it comes to thirst sheets and my outlook on how that side of the industry works. Right. I don't have a lot of respect for people in that field. I don't. But I do in this case for Nick because he's been one of the one true constants in this media scrum who has, hasn't been afraid to ask tough questions and have backup questions for stuff, stupid shit that comes out of Tony Khan's mouth. But for CM Punk to go out of his way to shit on the guy, trying to lump him into Coca Band because, oh, they did a couple comedy shows. 
with each other, which has nothing to do with him becoming the world champion. It's fucking embarrassing. So that's one. And here's the thing. What people don't know, Nick was also there when Punk and Cabana were trying to fight off the doctor that was suing them for defamation. Right. So where Punk gets off his high horse and just shooting off at the guy when he's there doing his job, not trying to get a rise out of anybody, it's just fucking unprofessional. And also to this, how Tony Khan... You can see the video. I, there's proof of this. Him openly nodding his head as yes. Punk goes on this fucking 20-minute soliloquy about his uh, the executive vice presidents. He's talking shit about Cole Cabana, who recently did a public appearance for AW promoting the video game. Uh, his mother um, saying about Ed Jeff, about how he's a prick and that Tony Khan only wants me to fight pricks and all this stuff. I said this last week, but now it's even more clear to me. I sit here on September 8th, 2022, do not care whether or not CM Punk appears on a wrestling show again. Wow. I'm saying that right now, and I'm not playing. And I would not take anything away from the moment that I got to see him return at the United Center. But every single person, including myself, bought into the Bill of Goods idea of CM Punk coming back to wrestling. And not even a year later, we're all here looking fucking stupid. It's embarrassing, and I don't give a shit whether he comes back or not. Josh, I've known you to be the biggest CM Punk fan, one of the biggest CM Punk fans I know. And I know what a moment that was when he came back. For you, for a lot of people... um, and I have never been shy about my thoughts on CM Punk. Uh, I've, I've said since he left, when he left in 2014, I've said Phil Brooks is a whining, sniveling baby who only cares about himself. Uh, he's in business for himself. And I know a lot of people said, oh, he's the martyr. He's the savior. He's the guy that WWE screwed and nobody else would talk about it. And he was the, you know, he had this legacy, this, this mysterium about it. And he went away. Comes back seven years later, and I'm with you, man. I bought into the bill of goods too. I now why I wasn't happy, but I, I like, I still said what I said, and I stood by those comments. But you couldn't deny what he did for the wrestling industry in coming back. You know that pop was incredible. His stuff on AEW, and to be fair, the bar isn't set very high, but his stuff on AEW was the best stuff every week, and I looked forward to seeing it. Like, oh God, Punk's doing some good stuff, and his matches. They were what they were at the beginning. You know, everyone gave him the benefit of the doubt because of how great the character was and the nostalgia factor, blah, 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 blah. Josh, it's over. It's over. CM Punk's legacy, he has, in that one rant, he has managed to destroy an eight-year reputation of being the martyr. And everybody can look back at those eight years, you know, all over this and said, oh, he's the same person he's always been. It wasn't WWE that screwed him. AEW manages to bring out the worst in everybody, and they brought out the worst in CM Punk, and they brought out what I've been saying for the last eight years. He is a whining, sniveling son of a bitch that only cares about himself and nobody else. 
And he proved it at that media scrum. He went into business for himself. He decided to take a shit on the company he works for with his stupid moronic boss sitting next to him going, yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe I should stop this. No, this is fine. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Khan goes off and goes, I ain't putting up with this fucking shit. I got more money than Jim Crockett promotions. And like, what about that has any ounce of professionalism in it? Okay, let, let me tie this in. I want you to finish up. No, go ahead. That was just the maybe one of the dumbest comments I've ever heard. I have more money than Jim Crockett. Motherfucker, you own the Jaguars and they're still fucking ass. It doesn't get it doesn't fucking matter how much money, because you don't know what the fuck you're doing with anything you fucking own. No. He hired Urban Meyer as their head coach. To be, okay, Josh, they hired Urban Meyer to get a pop. They didn't hire him to run a football team. They hired him for for media attention. Like, at least, okay, you know, and a lot of people are making these comparisons to WCW, which is true. I mean, AEW is going to go out of business. Like, this is the beginning of the end of AEW. We've been saying it for a while, but this is truly the beginning of the end of it. We haven't even gotten to the elite yet, which we'll get into here in just a second. But at least WCW, they had people there that knew how to run television. You know, Bischoff at least kind of knew how to run television. He didn't know how to run a wrestling company, but he knew how to run television. And they had some television executives that at least did. Tony Khan doesn't know a damn thing about television, let alone running a wrestling company. So how how can he go out there and go, I've got so much money and like I'm going to take care of my competition because I got this and blah, 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 blah. Fucking idiot. Like, how is Tony Khan? People that were backing him up, if I'm sorry, if you back up CM Punk or Tony Khan in any of after any of this, you can go to hell because this is just an an embarrassment, an embarrassment to professional wrestling. And they're all saying, oh man, we got WWE, we got him right where you want him. I'm telling you. Triple H is sitting back and he's laughing his ass off right now. He's like, I don't have to do anything. All I got to do is just keep the needle going forward and AEW is going to sink themselves. And they proved it with this media scrum. And they have, they had every opportunity over the last few years to fight off any perception that was either fair or foul going about this promotion and about Punk himself personally Correct. since he came back. And nothing they've done has done to change that perception. In reality, it's made it worse. Yep. And I hate saying that, but my favorite wrestler, and I saw it in broad daylight. I didn't need more convincing than what I saw in that scrum. And then everything that followed with that brawl. And yep. here's the thing with the Cole Cabana stuff. Embarrassing. I will say the one only thing I agree with him that he said is that as a grown man, he doesn't have to explain himself why he's no longer friends with somebody. But again, what? that's fucking common knowledge. I don't know why that needs to come out of his mouth in the first place. Him going that fucking tirade. Here's the thing. How about this, Brad Carter? Nobody's bringing this up. Didn't AEW have a talent meeting about a week and a half ago before this pay-per-view? Yep. About where the state of everything is going? And then we got to this. 
not even 10 minutes after the pay-per-view. This fucking idiot who has produced just as much as Michael Jordan did on the fucking Washington Wizards. <laughs> I had people on Twitter say, oh, this is Bret Hart in 1997. This is Bret Hart in et cetera, et cetera. Oh, John Moxley's the next Stokehold. They're going to do a double turn like WrestleMania 13. Get the fuck out of here. And here's the thing. I said it too. Bret Hart, it's not Bret Hart 97. You got WCW Bret Hart of 1999. And you want a comparison to CM Punk? You can say 1999 Bret Hart in WCW or Michael Jordan on the fucking Washington Wizards. And that's just pure fact. And this is me being objective as, like you said, I am a CM Punk mark. But he is his own worst fucking enemy. Nobody has the balls to say that, but I will. He's his own worst enemy. He does it to himself. Everything that went on about him getting fired with the whole FedEx thing, I can understand his frustration from that. But how he carried himself in that fucking podcast, the way he carried himself on the Fox show when he made his return, the arrows he shoots, the stuff that he says just to get likes and retweets and follow the Twitter mob, whatever anything bad happens with WWE. It's all come back to bite his ass because he loves to throw stones, but the motherfucker can't look himself in the goddamn mirror and listen to the bullshit that comes out of his mouth. Despite what he says, because he'll say the complete opposite. Like, I'll take it. I can take it. I'm like, no, you can't. Yeah, and he's, he's like, oh, workers rights here, and I love the young talent, and I'm about the boys and all this shit. He goes off on Hangman Page. He's saying the, the the Hardly Boys can't manage the target. He's not wrong. But again, you got the fucking Mark Booker agreeing and shaking his head with him and just kowtowed to this motherfucker because he looks at him as the messiah of wrestling like Michael Jordan and he's going to bring AEW to kill WWE. And none of that shit has happened. It's been diminishing returns ever since he came back. And here's the thing. What was the one state grace that you and I always had with AEW when we're watching the shows? Well, there's several, but... Um, no, like, honestly. Um, I mean... What was the one thing we always could rely on on being good on the show? When it oh, good. To- um, oh, MJF. Or Punk. There you go. Yeah, MJF, yeah. MJF, he comes back and nothing changed. Nothing's going to get better from this. He cuts the same promo he did before he left, and they barely went past a fucking million viewers. This fucking clown, Tony Khan, needs to get his head out of his ass. You can visibly see him kowtow to this motherfucker as he's publicly embarrassing his company. I, I don't care whether he's nervous or not. Be a fucking leader. You just had a talent meeting, and now your Taj Mahal, your big draw is going off and embarrassing you and going after you and your booking decisions, and you do nothing. You sit there like a little fucking bitch. It's it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable, Josh. It's uh, You know, and we're hearing more r- reports coming in, and I'm pulling some things, pulling some things up. Let's 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 move forward now and let's talk about the incident with the elite. So apparently and of course we're going to get multiple stories. <clears throat> did did you get a chance to ask Steve about this uh on your interview this morning? What did yeah. he have to say about being there? 
Well, he said that you could go off of body language and how things were going from the fact. And then, you know, there was the video that came out of the security guard running uh, towards the locker room area while uh, Keith Lee and Swerve Scott were talking. And then the clip of Jericho saying some shit went down before he left his portion of the scrum. It was a fucking clusterfuck. <laughs> it, I'm surprised nothing spilled into the scrum. Right. Everything yeah, that we hear it. about the situation, it's it's embarrassing. So yeah, apparently there was a fight. I heard I've been reading that Punk actually ended up throwing the first punches. Um, Ace Steel, I want to say, hit Matt Jackson with a chair or something like that, and gave him a a, a black eye or something like that. Like, dude, yeah. like this was a straight. So and and I was and I think Jim Cornette talked about this too. This is the EVPs of your company. They are second level executives next to Tony Khan, right? Yeah. And they're getting into fist fights with the talent. So, like, yes, they're talent too, but and if they want to make oh, they were talent in this case. No, I'm sorry. When you are an executive, you are always an executive 24/7. Always. So, if this ends up, you know, being the case, and I know we don't know all the facts and and I'm sure more information will come out because there's always three sides to every story as we know. Yeah. But, like, it would be very easy for somebody to sue Tony Khan and AEW by saying, oh, your executives um, basically created a hostile working environment for me. And they literally did it by getting into a fist fight instead of doing whatever they needed to do. So the EVP title needs to go away. Um, I mean, I think they should all be fired, but Khan would never do that. He would – he basically – here's what happens to happen now. Tony Khan has to choose between – the golden boy in CM Punk or his Mark Darlings, the elite who helped him start this company. He's got to choose because he can't have them both there. Also, I think Tony Khan's lost his Chicago market. You're going to tell me that he's going to be able to run a show in Chicago again? Like, yeah, I, I, I'm not, I probably, they'll probably come back. To well, me. they will, but I'm just saying like – by the way, I also thought it was funny on Dynamite. As soon as Khan appeared on TV, like he got booed out of the building. That was hilarious. And rightfully so. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I, this is organizational uh, negligence. It's just sheer other incompetence from the top. And it starts at the top. Mm-hmm. He's, he, he's, what's the saying? He's um, in, a, in over his head. Is that the saying? Uh yeah, I mean Tony Khan, he's absolutely in over his head with this. He doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, it's it's, it's right in front of you, and it's everything we said on the show over the last years. He continues to show himself on TBS and do scrums like this. But mm-hmm. hey, we wanted to fail, right, Brother Carter? We're haters. Of course we are. Yes. <laughs> now, and, and I don't know if this is true, but I'm I'm receiving reports, and AEW botches retweeted this. They said apparently there is a drug floor at the Hyatt Regency and AEW brass there parties with the talent and there's drugs and alcohol and all this kind of stuff, which that doesn't surprise me one bit. Now, again, I don't know if that's true. That's just a rumor, but that wouldn't surprise me one bit. But um, Josh, this is if AEW wasn't in trouble now, like the lid has blown off with how badly this company is run. I'm seeing that morale is at an all time low. And it was all rumors at that last point, but I'm sorry. Khan, Punk, the Elite, they all showed their hand. 
they played their hand big time at this media scrum. And it's they as a company, they should be embarrassed. As a professional wrestling industry, they should be embarrassed. And I'm sorry, but TNT and TBS, they need to look a, take a real hard look at this TV contract when it comes up and be like, these are the people that are representing our network? Hmm. Here's the thing, Brother Carter. When you make fucking Dixie Carter look like a more competent <laughs> official, then you know you got a real problem. Uh, yeah. Is, it's, is there... beyond, it's beyond, like... Me like screaming at the top of my lungs or doing anything like that. At this point, I'm just calling the spade a spade. Nothing has changed. You see the same shit over and over and over again, and see people come up with excuse after excuse with takes of, "Oh, this is going to be happening," and other companies should be scared and blah 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 blah. These motherfuckers can't handle their own shit, and they're worried about what other promotions are doing. This Nimrod is going off of soliloquies about Jim Cry, and I, I'm not going to sit here and take this fucking shit. Dude, you can't even control your own fucking base. You got people shitting all over you, and you sit there like a little fucking cunt. You don't do anything. You have no balls. You're not a leader. You're a fucking mark. Correct. You are a mark. Who has who has money to buy to play wrestling company, buy a play wrestling company. You can have all the fucking money in the world doesn't mean that you're a fucking genius. Nope. No, it's 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 just embarrassing. Um okay, let's let's really quickly let's talk about dynamite and then we'll we'll wrap it up and we'll get out of here. Um okay. So dynamite, let's talk about just a couple things I enjoyed about dynamite this week. Um of course the MJF stuff was was fantastic. We know that. Um I actually didn't mind the Moxley promo after that. I thought it was fine. Um, I enjoyed the match with uh, Hangman Adam Page, Brian Danielson. That was excellent. I didn't mind, and I and I know you're not a big fan of of the new Times New Roman font, who is the new ROH Pure Champion. Um, but I didn't mind the match with Rilo Yuta and Daniel Garcia. Thought it was fine. I actually didn't mind the Jungle Boy promo, the backstage taped. I thought that was all fine. Um, anything I'm missing there, Josh, that you would agree or disagree with? Um, no, I, I enjoyed the. Uh... Like you said, the Brian Danielson Hangman Page match was fine, even though this tournament to crown for Arthur Ashe is just the example of their dumb booking. Um, and props to, uh, props to uh, whatever he's calling himself now, Chris Jericho, spoiling who's going to win his match. Oh, yeah. I saw that. <laughs> what, what a idiot. Oh, that, was, uh, that was unbelievable. Um, what else? Uh, so just, uh, just, no, it's just the NJF stuff. But it, even then, I can't even get excited about NJF being bad because nothing about this organization is changing for the better. No. It's not. I will say um, the whole Josh Allen stuff, that was pretty funny, though. <laughs> that, 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 was pretty, that was pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> so, um, okay. So Tony Khan gets booed by the crowd, which I thought was hilarious. Um, the trios match – it was what it was. At least the right team won. If they would have put those titles on best friends, I'd have been like, we're going to put the title on the company mascot. Fantastic. Um, I, I find oh. it interesting that Rampage had a better lineup than Dynamite. Oh, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> like I, said, I don't mind. I think Castagnoli versus Harwood is going to be really good. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, did you see the finish in the Tony Storm match? <laughs> I don't know what the hell that was. I don't know if it was like some counter thing or somebody sandbagging who, but it, mm-hmm. <laughs> if that's Tony Storm's new finisher, uh, 
Oh boy. Um, AEW is ruining careers with Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee. Uh, they're, they're, I said Swerve should have just waited and let him get his money with Hit Row, but that's just me. So apparently Tony Nese, who I think is an excellent athlete, and they were doing something. Remember they were doing something with him like two months ago? Yeah. And now he gets a jobber <laughs> introduction. Bobby Hook and now he's an AW Dark jobber. <laughs> um, gets beat up by... Wardlow, what has Wardlow done, Josh, since winning the TNT Championship? Nothing. I, I will say I thought his promo was fine. I enjoyed his yeah. energy. But it's not a bad reflection on uh, Wardlow. It's who's fucking putting him in the position he's in. <laughs> I don't know why he's lashing at people saying nothing's going on with him. It's just reality, my man. It's not a knock on you. <laughs> it's your creative team. That doesn't know what the hell they're doing. Um and then Josh, and I know we're going through this really quickly, but we there was bigger stuff. To be. Stokely Hathaway's group beats up a stagehand. Man, that's some riveting television there, pal. Wow, that's that's gonna get me invested. Are you kidding me? And you, and you know what? They should have come out with something. Tony Khan has immediately suspended Stokely Hathaway for beating up, you know, for attacking AEW personnel. No, nothing's gonna happen with that. It's gonna he's gonna be allowed to run roughshod on this company for some stupid reason. Uh, this is what happens when you have the inmates running asylum and you have boys making their creative decisions. There's no filter. There's no lack of accountability. There's no leadership. There's no discipline. And they get everything that they deserve going forward. When you have people lashing out, you have Bobby Fish popping off in the mouth to the point he gets released. You have Miro and Andrade likely tweets about them being in better positions in WWE than they were in AEW. Uh, you get all this stuff with um, Thunder Rosa, whatever real is not. It, her drama with Britt Baker, the NGF stuff. <laughs> Just because NGF is back doesn't mean he's kumbaya with Tony Khan right now. I saw some people like, oh, yeah, Tony Khan got NGF locked down. Don't you worry. I don't know about that, my man. <laughs> Desperation calls for desperate moves. <laughs> I, I don't think NGF wants to be there as much as people like to think that. But again, do a lot of things. But again, he's a professional, and he will do the job, and he will do what he's supposed to do until his contract comes up. And you're just hot potato with the world title, where John Moxley wins it again for a fourth time, and yep. Ed Jeff needs to come in with a fucking poker chip to <laughs> win the title. Yeah, but again, they're not WWE because the Money in the Bank concept—they didn't rip that off with the poker chip. Hey, let's not forget, Tony Khan got more money than Jim Crockett, right? <laughs> On that note, my friends. <laughs> Anything else, Josh? No, that's it. Let's get out of here. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, that is what the hell's wrong with AEW. Or in this case, what isn't wrong with AEW. <laughs> This has been What the Hell is Wrong with A-E-W. But I'm not going to put up with that fucking shit. You know how, you know what, you know how, if you can make a comparison of how Tony Khan, like, carries himself. He carries himself like a Sasha Banks fan. Oh, yeah, he does. Uh, All right, ladies and gentlemen, a uh, little shorter, abbreviated version of the Hoops podcast, but I know you guys want to get joy into your football game uh, going on, football starting to see. So we'll talk a little bit more about it as this goes on. But 
Brother Carter, fantastic job as always. You as well, my friend. Great you stuff too. this week. Um, we'll figure out how we're going to go about this as the football season goes on. Uh, if there's something where we can record before games, uh, if you like these late night specials, we'll do more of them. We're always open to feedback. But um, you can follow Brother Carter on Twitter, by the way, at Derek Stoughton. Make sure to check out DerekStoughton.com and his work at WrestlingRubers.net. Follow him on Instagram at Derrico06. That's Derrico with a D. The good, the good Erico, not the bad one. Uh, <laughs> the the video boss is here to stay. Um, That's right. Video Trump's audio, baby. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter, by the way, if you like, at the Hoots Podcast. I'm at uh, Josh Lopez Media on Instagram. And also um, bookmarkprowrestlingtranscriptions.com. If you can do that, please. Indeed. That means a lot. Uh, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, make sure to hit that belt button so you're notified when new episodes get uploaded. Like the interview I did today with Steve Muehlhausen from The Zone. Very good stuff. Very informative. If you want to get your, uh, more insight for how the media scrum was and how things are going to go forward. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I hope you guys enjoy uh, the return of NFL this week. And uh, I'm sure we have a lot more stuff to get over and talk about uh, as we get closer to the world of extreme rules. But for Brother Carter, I'm Josie. This has been episode 326 of the Hoops Podcast, the podcast for true sports entertainers. <laughs> we'll talk to y'all later. Peace. Uh...